Welcome to Pass It On with CWR Talent. I'm CWR, and this is my podcast dedicated to helping our aspiring leaders and mentors. We're sharing the valuable experience and advice of some of the most successful executives in my network. My specialty? Discover talent and pass it on. That's it. In simpler terms, I'm a headhunter with a twist. If you want to increase your knowledge, build resilience, or simply polish your soft skills in order to lead at the next level, my guests are all happy to share what works and what doesn't. It's honest, it's forward motion, and future thinking. We like it. Catch our latest episodes that drop Sundays at 12 p.m. GMT London time. And whether you're in London, New York, Lima, Paris, Perth, or Dubai, you'll find us on all platforms where podcasts live. We appreciate each and every listener, and we hope you'll share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Here we go. Welcome, I'm CWR. One of my favorite New York brand gurus, Donnie Deutsch, host of the podcast On Brand with Donnie Deutsch, says, every product, every company, every person is a brand. Brands go up and they can crash and burn. They can reinvent themselves. Those of us in hospitality know all about brands. We're surrounded by them. Hotel brands each have a distinct vision, values, and mission that identifies what they aspire to be for their employees, their customers, and their communities. But when you look at yourself as a brand, it's what psychologists call your external mask. It's a storyline, a set of descriptions of what someone's about, what's their thing, who they are on stage at work or off stage at home. On stage, we all wear the mask of the brand or image we wish to project at work. Sometimes one is pulls apart from the reality. How much we will voluntarily expose about our offstage brand is debatable. That's usually reserved for close friends and extended family members. But the no-mask version of your brand is your true person, who you really are, and it's usually reserved for your significant other and children, who know the real you, with all your worries and all your true feelings about things. It's the most authentic version of you, but sometimes the one we least wish to have exposed. But it's the most interesting part of us. I'd like to invite a brand specialist to talk about your personal brand, what's important and what's distracting from what you wish to achieve. Then we're going to get into what's happening in hotel brand development and why owners need, more than ever, to identify the right brand that holistically fits their business model or build their own brand and do it themselves. My guest today is Gordon McKinnon. Gordon is a global brand veteran, although he hates the use of all these words in this context. He can create brands, recreate brands, build brands, operate brands, buy brands, and sell brands. But it is at the creation and building end of the business where his heart truly lies, emphatically believing in creating demand and not merely satisfying supply creating and building on positions of strength by constantly evolving to stay relevant to people's ever-changing needs and expectations and market opportunities. He is seen as an industry expert across hotels, bars, restaurants, retail, product development, customer experiences, and the dreaded lifestyle. He is more than comfortable across all the necessary disciplines, development, interiors, design, art, film, people, writing, digital and traditional, and is a strategist accomplished in working in the new normal and in the new and traditional markets. 
but it is in the sum and the management of the whole, combined with a view of the future and a heavy dose of big idea thinking, and a dogmatic yet pragmatic creative vision of the way things need to be, where his skills sweet spot is truly recognized. I had the pleasure of meeting Gordon as a client when he served as Executive Vice President Brands and Marketing for the Residor Hotel Group based in Brussels, Belgium, culminating in his elevation to Chief Branding Officer for the Carlson Residor Company based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Overall, Gordon's left his indelible stamp on various brands and businesses around the world, including Best Buy, Carlson Companies, Minnesota United Football Club, Carlson Residor Hotel Group, SAS International Hotels, Malmaison, Regent Seven Seas Cruises, Hotel Missoni, Rosewood, and Carlson Family Foundation, amongst many others. He's got a combined love of forward motion with a view to future thinking. Let's see what Gordon has to say about brands, your own, or what's happening in the most innovative brands in hotel development. Welcome, Gordon, to Pass It On. It's been a mighty long time since you and I have caught up. Good to see you. It's, um, I, I actually don't think I want to tell you how long it's been since, not that we haven't been in touch, but I actually think it was different times. It was way back, I think, 2015 when we last met, believe it or not. And I, yes. think, I think it was in the Hamyard Hotel, Ferndale's. Dif different days when you used to do things like have lunch out and stuff, stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. right at lunch Hamyard for sure. Change, change days now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good to see you. Very good to have you join me on this lovely endeavor of mine. Let's chat a little bit about this brand fun. I see that, you know, you, you do navigate between different industries. You know, you've worked different products, different businesses of all stripes. And I'd like to kind of get your views on the personal brand and the components of it and what you think, how that relates to a brand when you're presenting yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting question and um, kind, of, kind of bristled a bit at first on, on, on the mention of personal brand. Uh, I think that's probably because I've been in some shape or form defending brands for 100 years and, and defending what the kind of definition of a brand is. Where I, even in this day, even in this day and age, and despite the change that's taken place over the last few years, um, the changes that have taken place over the last few years, there, there's still some people see the notion of brand as something that's kind of superficial. Um, and as you know, that's always been the kind of antithesis of the way that I, I feel about brands and, and sure there's an element of differentiation needed within there um, where that differentiation is not about smoke and mirrors, anything but. Um, I've always believed though that in, a, in addition to that uh, kind of differentiation, uh, there needs to be a, a relevance in what you're doing, what you're producing, and in some ways more importantly, there kind of needed to be a truth to it all. Um, so it will be interesting to see if we get to the subject of this mask, no mask thing. Um, and, and I get that that that's to a certain extent is difficult within the hospitality industry, 
where certain things are expected of you and, and you're at times expected to wear certain things and act in certain ways. But I, I still think uh, at the core of all that, the real thing that people want to see is the real thing. What they want to see is the real person come out. And so, you know, as brands, we can give, create all that kind of structure and all that kind of platform and do all the right learning and all the right exposure and all the right education. But at the end of the day, we really want people to be people. So we want you to be you, as I think we actually coined for a client once upon a time. Um, so the, the, the kind of notion of the personal brand, as I say, bristles a wee bit with me because I think people automatically think on more personality-driven, think, as I say, say they're superficial, they think the Beckhams of the world, they think, God forbid, the Liz Trusses of the world, they think, or is, it, or is that Margaret Thatcher? Whatever it's, it, you know, so I think it's, it's when you start to get into that, it gets different, but the real meaning behind it is, of course, hugely important. I think sometimes when it comes to personal brand, when we're presenting ourselves, for example, in my field, to potential employers or clients, I think people sometimes lack certain soft skills in understanding how they're presenting themselves. I get the question from candidates all the time. You know, I think they're quite insecure about how that comes forward. And often it is just a mask to look good in the interview, but the reality of an authentic person comes through much, much later. I mean, as far as soft skills, you know, how, can, how you can leave an interview, an interviewer feel after an interview is usually what makes decisions to move people on to the next rounds. And so, you know, what do you think about uh, you know, how a customer reacts, for example, to a hotel brand is related to how the experience made them feel. And so in, in this sense, the superficial parts of the mask, you know, are the things I'm, I see first in interviews with people I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not easy to get through, to chip away to get one of those authentic little things to come out, you know, oh, so yeah. you can see who it really is in there. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point, you know, because I think I mentioned when you first asked me, would I do this, have this chat with you? Um, I think I even said to you at the time, I'm not sure I'm the best person to talk about personal brands because um, in some ways I've not been very good at it my career, despite know the kind of apparent successes that I've had and I've not been very good at it um, because I, I stubbornly the stubborn Scott and me probably kind of refused to be anybody else and I, I you know I remember it vividly when you know went to the US at first and of course going to the US at first every, everything gets bigger uh, and our corporate conferences all of a sudden get bigger and all of a sudden you're talking to on a stage to 10,000 people. And I saw these US colleagues who re rehearsed these things to death. <laughs> and, and they took hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I kind of tried it, but it just wasn't me. And so I, I far prefer, and this is just me, but this I, I think is kind of when you have to know when to kind of play to your strength. I far, and, and come, I'll come back a bit of that in a second, far preferred just getting up there on my feet 
with a few notes and speaking kind of from the heart, but more importantly, I think from the knowledge base. And so I think that's kind of fundamental to it all. Um, you know, you can't get a kidder. And if, you, if, if you've done your homework, if you've done your research, if you've put in the time, if you've done all of that, then you can talk with some authority on it. And, and then you can get some kind of credibility with it. And then you can apply your own style to it, I think. It is more, it could be very much more a question of style, uh, depending on the, the circumstances. I mean, with everything that's changed over the last years, everybody's priorities have shifted a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same when we sat together in the ham yard. It was a whole different industry at the time and things were moving in different ways. But you have always been, you know, remarkably authentically you. You are never anyone different in all the years, you know, we've been talking. You're always authentically yourself, no matter what role you've been playing. Yeah. And so... I've heard people say that to me that say, you know, you're really quite authentic. And, you know, I know it's a nice combination of crazy New Yorker meets meets Paris meets London. But, you know, in the end of the day, uh, uh, I think the authenticity of realness of people has come out in droves during COVID. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Which we never saw before. Everybody was on their behavior. Everybody had their outfit on, the makeup, the noise, and everybody had their clicky phrases, which I, I despise uh, cliche phrases. And uh, and it was all very superficial, to be fair. Yep. I think a lot of things have come out of this that have improved people being a little bit more honest with who they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. And so we've been kind of trying to preach that for a long, long time. And and even, you know, when we were doing the kind of soft cultural stuff for brands, uh, looking back on some stuff, 10, even 10, 12 years ago, we were advocating that, yes, we're going to give you a uniform. And yes, we're going to expect certain things of you. But at the end of the day, we really want you to be you. Uh, and yeah, I think so. Yeah, to your point, I mean, I think all of that has accelerated, of course, over the last few years. Um, uh, and in some ways, it's it's in some ways you have to think it's it's kind of at the at the core of some of the challenges we're having in industry just now, just attracting talent um, because people. Just getting people, it's it's insane. I mean, you know. Uh, for as much as when hotels closed, all the, you know, everything stopped. And, uh, but, you know, that pickup has been quite different. But even still, it's it's really only down at the staff level that there are difficulties finding staff. Because in the management side, there's candidates to go-go. Everybody's looking to move. It's kind of a fresh start moment for a lot of people. You know, that kind of a mentality of people were, you know, had to close off their resorts and and go wait somewhere at home, you know, with maybe elderly parents who were not well. And and now they got to get back on the road, you know, this, uh, but the road has changed and, and the game has changed and people have changed what they'll accept and what they won't. Yeah. And that's yeah. very telling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and they know what they, well, they're much, much 
sweeping generalizations, of course, but there are most people, I think, a lot of people uh, are much clearer in, in terms of what their expectations are. Um, and and I, I think that's, that's compounded by a generational thing as well, where uh, ambitions are, are different now, I think. Different sets of ambitions and they want different sets of things from the people that they work with. Uh, and, and it's not just about, and I do, I do, amongst other things, not that anybody cares, but I do worry that some of the big hotel brands just don't get this, still don't get it. And, um, I don't think they get it that there's a multi-generational workforce because the people, uh, you know, especially people of my age group just don't want to stop. And so it yeah. doesn't leave room like it used to for the next generation to come in because we're just not willing to go and so then that creates a whole nother set of crazy challenges especially looking for senior leadership and senior expertise as I do my and so when I get to that there's a lot of candidates on the market who are absolutely amazing candidates with circumstances that now everybody's shuffling but so many roles were reduced and so many things were cut out and those roles aren't coming back. So in the end of the day, what do you think brand in brand development, what do you think they can do to meet those priorities for today's clients and customers? Well, it's, you know, we're going to come. I'm very conscious of you saying you hate cliches and the overuse of words. But I mean, it's good. Without doubt, it's going to come back to things like authenticity again. Um, and when I look at what the big brands are doing now in terms of uh, they're, they're heading down a franchise, heading down a franchise model, uh, it's not just multi-brands, it's 30, 40, 50 brands. And, and it's all about developing further um, opportunities beyond areas of protection. And it, it's, there's, it's, again, it's so, such a kind of superficial approach. It's all about sheer growth. It's about sheer numbers. They pay lip service to things. They touch on buzzwords. You know, everybody's trying to do local. Everybody's trying to do um, eclectic. Everybody's trying to do all, all, you know, all the words I'm talking about. And, and, they, and they wrap them up in some cheap franchise model that they don't even at least in the old days, they used to put their money behind their mouth and they used to actually develop a few before they rolled them out. So it's interesting. I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a major kind of disconnect out there yeah. just now um, in, terms of what the, in terms of what the brands are delivering. And then if you take it from the kind of business side of it as well, what the brands are charging the ownership and what they're delivering for—it's it, really quite ex extraordinary how, frankly, how they're getting away with it, to be honest. Um, yeah. And if you throw the whole OTA model into that mix, where um, you know brands now uh, assume that an OTA booking is a system booking, so you know all of a sudden. They're sixty percent that they're getting from the OTAs are counting towards their contribution from the brand, and so I think there's this whole kind of disconnect out there just now. If you if you throw on top of that the fact that 
Um, I, I, I think the kind of massacre within in the industry is about to come now. I, I think it's been, we're living in a bit of a false economy right now. And all of that has been pushed further and further and further down the line. Um, but I, I think the economics of today, are, are, that there will start to be fallout from the industry. We will start to unfortunately see closure or more closures. Um, and it's, it, till now it hasn't happened because the, the sellers have been able to maintain their, their, their kind of expectation in terms of the asking price. And the buyers haven't been prepared to pay that asking price, um, but now there's going to be, that. That unfortunately, I think, is going to kind of crumble a bit. And the mercenaries out there who raised huge funds of money two years ago at the beginning of COVID, expecting this to happen, I think, are now going to see that, uh, or that's going to become a reality. And so, I think there is going to be a lot of movement in the market over the next year. And I, I don't. That's not going to help that kind of disconnect between the consumer and the and the product in fact it might even exasperate it further and in a, in a way you know it's opportunities like that have allowed airbnb to become so big of opportunities for other you know, other kinds of hospitality to enter the field um because people are looking for alternatives and um and it, it's it's quite interesting to see how the hotels are performing just now, um, which which in the surface of it appears pretty strong, um, but there's there's undercurrents within there. I think in terms of the shift in dynamics, in terms of where the where the markets are coming from now. You know, the old traditional corporate that we all relied on has all but disappeared, and and yes, there's other things. Other markets have replaced that so far, but I don't think the industry has got to terms with. The fact that the corporates will reduce and the meetings and conferences will reduce and that uh, this kind of false hiatus in terms of leisure might might actually not continue um so you know they're going to have to start to work an awful lot harder at getting their market share and, and getting somehow some of them are so big now i don't know how they connect to consumers to be honest but they're going to somehow going to try to get back in, in in amongst that kind of relationship thing. And some of them are better at others than it, and therefore and they're getting us more moved and all that kind of stuff. Of, you can see what they're trying to do. Um, but that will be interesting to see if they can even manage that at scale. So I think interesting challenge. Yeah, the big hotel brands that are have just acquired and acquired and acquired and acquired. Yeah. All this acquisition just dilutes all the brands. And yeah. I wonder, you know, if it, isn't this going to be a natural fallout for some brands to just go the way of retirement as maybe they should? Yeah, no, I think so. I think you'll retire. I think, I, um, I don't know for sure, but I think you also might see um, some kind of brands almost being sold off or carved out of, out of the... the uh, um, out, out of the kind of portfolio mechanism. Um, I mean, that, that's that's said to me. I mean, I've, over the last few years, it's clearly not what I do, but I've advised some people and owners and developers in terms of what brands they should consider. And uh, again, in this more, we put a, a Hoxton into Dublin recently. We've put, and, and we were through an exercise in the US um, on a site for a guy 
or it's a major, it's a major area of regeneration of which the hotel is one of the cornerstones of the development. And the the way the brands approached this this the sell was shameful. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I hope it wasn't as bad as that in my time because I, would, I, should, I should hang my head in shame if it was like that. Um, and, and in the end, we've analysed it to death and we've been round and round in circles on it and we've decided to go independent with it. Um, and I, I think more and more owners will make that choice um, as, as technology allows, um, you know, basic functions and facilities like revenue management to become more and more accessible to independents. Yeah. Or, 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 they, or they choose just to take an OTA distribution route and accept that that's the cost because at the end of the day, the, the you know, to do it through a brand, the cost isn't that dissimilar to the 17 or 18% that an OTA is going to hit you with. Right, and then there's the total destination resorts that, that yeah. in general build it, mm -hmm. own it, Occupy it and operate yep. it, and they just take franchises. So, you know, existing brands can continue to live through the franchise model for those owners that just want to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, a number of clients that, you know, that I've been working with uh, have that approach. And it's, it's quite interesting, especially total destination resort management when yeah. you've got, you know, uh, anything from three star to, to five star all over the destination and you've got to manage it as a whole. Yeah. So yeah. these are very interesting business models, I think, for tomorrow. For yeah. what's coming, for what's because coming. that'll allow the brands to live without having to do the management contracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we looked. At, we were working with one of the big London property owners who remain nameless, of course, um, and they were looking. At their their question was, could could you take the opportunity for for them um, vertical? In other words, uh, their pro, their property. They own a big chunk of London. Um, they, they basically try to guide the mix of, of the business out there, and then they just take leases, simple terms. But what their question was, and it's grown throughout the world, you see more and more, is could, could they develop their own brands? Could they then operate their own brands? And so they then take not just a contribution level from the lease, but they take it at operational level, so they take the profit, they take the management fees, they develop brand fees, and and they and you know all of a sudden they're taking hundred percent of the pie when before they were maybe taking ten or twelve percent of the pie. It's quite yeah. a different, it's a different yeah. venture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Gordon. Just for fun, why don't you name the brand that you think today is really killing it in the, today's market? Oh wow. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't, it, it's really, I'm not sure any of them are really, I mean, there's lots of them killing it on, 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 the, on the surface of things. And, um, and there's a few people bubbling under. Um, so uh, whether it's your thing or not, I think everybody had some hope and we're back in Hoxton to do well. I think it will be interesting to see, though, you know, how how they are now as part of a core. I think it's always really interesting. It's always there's a kind of threshold for brands, um, 
whether it's four or five or whether it's six or seven or whether it's nine or ten but there's a there's a limit in there at, at some point that it becomes very difficult to then manage them to the same level once they start to i don't think it's impossible to do but organizations kind of find it difficult to to kind of flex that way so i think we all had hope for Hobson, but we'll see how it goes and i think i mean see see their place in barcelona and, in a couple of weeks' time, so we'll judge that. Um, I think I think there's a similar question over Soho House, to be honest. Um, yeah. Can can they? And you you hear you hear people talking about and whether it's true or not. You know, everybody sees the numbers and reads the stories about the sale and all that kind of stuff, or the the float. Um, and all of a sudden, people are starting to see, say, well, I think standards are slipping. And I think we're beginning to see some corporate stuff coming in there. And, um, and they're, they're driving, a, they're driving a, a kind of business model pretty hard right now. So we'll see where they come through. Ace had a dip. Can they come back? Um, I think everybody had big expectations in the UK that Birch might come through as something really interesting. I think they've stumbled recently as well. Um, what else is happening out there? Um, there's a big chunk of Dutch stuff, of course, with Zoku, student hotels, surf hotels, all kind of trying to blaze a trail a bit. Um, there's some interesting Japanese stuff coming out. Uh, I've never understood why Muji couldn't quite crack it, but it seems they're having another go at it. Telling a brand in Tokyo called Toggle, which um, might have a chance. Uh, then there's some odd things happening as well. I mean, if you get a chance to have a look, if you haven't seen it, check out a Polish brand called Puro, which, Puro. Yeah, which is uh, an interesting business model, but also just quite a nice aesthetic to it. Nomad, who knows what's going to happen with Nomads? Open London, lose New York. I think they're opening New York again, are they? The standard seems to be going like crazy, but in a very different thing. But they also got a wee thing in the US called Bunkhouse, which has probably got a chance as well. Um, particularly when we're talking about the way it's, you know, there's an opportunity for independence and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's almost a kind of independent hotel model. What else is happening out there? Now, I mean, there's, there's tons of really interesting one-offs that uh, come back to what we're seeing earlier as well. You know, and, and not that long ago, there was probably always an assumption that the one-offs wanted to be multiples. Well, not necessarily the case now. So people have, have got, you know, different reasons for doing it and different outlooks in life. And so some of these independents might just remain independents and be very good at what they do, which would be nice for, from a consumer perspective. Be a very happy life as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, Gordon, what's Gordon McKinnon's brand in a nutshell? Oh, gold. Um, oh, pain in the ass cream. Um, <laughs> brand in a nutshell. Uh, I, I'm I'm a bit unusual in that uh, I just because of the way life has unfolded i i can take this very holistic view on things uh, i i still very much enjoy going hands-on and projects as well which of course the corporate world doesn't 
doesn't do so. For instance, the one we were talking about earlier, the independent in the, in the area regeneration that we're working on. I mean, we, we'll take that all the way down to concept development and I mean, I mean all the way interior design architecture. So we'll take that all the way. Um, and so I get that from that holistic point of view, that's what's quite different. So we'll go into something with a big vision for something, we'll write the business plan for it, we'll take the development and the ownership team with us, and then we're happy to go all the way down the line with that uh, to actually hold the hand while they're actually opening the thing as well. So maybe the holistic view is, is where my kind of personal thing lies. That's great, Gordon. Thanks uh, so much today for joining me on Pass It On to, to give a little bit of uh, idea of what happens in brand development to the listeners. We have a lot of aspiring leaders that come in from all the hotel schools to listen, and we have an equal number of leadership that listen to hear what I might be saying to people. <laughs> and so thanks so much, Gordon. It's been a real pleasure to, to do this, and I hope I'll hear from you and you'll come back again. Yeah, my pleasure. Love to do it again. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll give us a follow and a like. This has been Pass It On with CWR Talent. Pass it on. <laughs>